This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH 1230 a.m. The Source on San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 a.m. and Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 a.m. Call in at 832 832- 2-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston, another episode of A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. Thank you, studio audience. You know, you, you, you can get inspiration from some of the strangest places. And this is a song called Help is on the Way by the Little River Band. And it's not meant to be a religious song, but when you think about it and you hear about it, it just reminds me of somehow God being a voice in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit. It says, why are you in so much hurry? Is it worth the worry? Look around, then slow down. And then he goes, hang on. Help is on its way. I'll be there as fast as I can. Hang on, a tiny voice did say from somewhere deep inside the inner man you know you can find it anywhere houston so here we are let's go ahead and fade that out mr producer i have a very special guest and i want everyone to know she cleaned out her whole schedule today to be on this show and this is miss daniela hernandez and danny can i call you danny you can call me danny i prefer danny because only daniela is used by my mom when she's very angry at me so 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 it's when she goes daniela Right? Is that is that how exactly, good? Okay, exactly. I, I, I get it. And, yeah. I, and I've met your mom, and of course, and your beautiful, wonderful sisters. And Danny Houston is the president of HISD School Board. First of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. Good morning, first of all. Good morning. <laughs> and thank you for acknowledging that. If being on the HISD School Board is something that's very exciting, but also very thankless most of the time. Right? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, you know... I don't know why this is, and maybe I'm just a citizen and it's just my own feeling, but the children really are the seed corn of society, and we should be doing so much more for our kids, and it seems that we're always talking about things, we're always shortchanging kids, it's HISD, it's everything, it's, it's just everywhere. And I really mean it when I say thank you for your service because it's sometimes can be rough and tumble. And at the end of the day, it's so complex because HISD is a very large organization and you have the collision of the interests of the parents, the interests of the faculty, the interest of the administration, the um, taxpayer constraints of funds, and they all come together. And if we don't work together, uh, it's just not going to improve for our kids. And, of course, everything is in the news about HISD. Before we talk about the news, and we will get to it, callers. And callers, if you have a question for Danny, my goodness, we already have some calls in. Please call us at 832-570-8075 because I want to hear a little bit about the Danny that, like, how did you become the school board president? I mean, did you just wake up when you were Are you a teacher? So I was a teacher. You were a teacher. Yes. So I became uh, a teacher through a program called Teach for America. Oh, you're a Teach for America person? Yes, I, I am. I love that show. Wendy Cobb started Teach for America. Yes. For those of you who are listening out there, I'm very familiar with Teach for America because I sit on the board called SEO that helps minority undergrads, two parts. One, finish high school and go to college. The other is minor, excuse me, minority youth. The other is minority undergrads to work on Wall Street as summer interns. And our first donor was the Edwin Gould Foundation. And they were the first donor to Wendy Copps when she took her Princeton essay and then created Teach for America. It's an incredible story. And the very premise goes back to, if you remember, the Peace Corps which was started under the Kennedy administration, which was how do we send America's best and brightest to do the hardest two years work of their life 
but it's also the greatest joy in their life as they traveled around the world and would work in very impoverished communities and countries to help them with the basics like um, you know, building schools, uh, clean water, all those things. So she wrote an essay that was how do we take the same principle and get the best and the brightest young college graduates that normally would go into the private sector to make money, but how do we get them to at least take two years to help us go into some of the most difficult school systems and teach and many of them end up being educators forever. Yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal thing. Tell us about Teach for America and your experience. So my experience is very different than I think that most TFAers because um, I left Houston to go to college at Boston University. And Teach for America is very big up in the Northeast. And so it was a very competitive year, 2011, when you know there was a lot of stuff happening in the market. Uh, most people were not getting, uh, most undergrads were not getting jobs. And so we were, everybody was applying to Teach for America. Yes. Um, but my experience uh, in Houston was that I actually taught at the same elementary school. Were you placed here in Houston for I Teach for America? I was placed in Houston, okay. yeah. Um, so I actually taught at the same elementary school that I attended growing Come on. Up. So it was a very different experience. There's a lot of teachers that were still there from when I was a student. Come on. Yeah, and so my sisters, I have three older sisters. There's four of us. The four of us went to Briscoe Elementary, and, you know, the, the te some of the teachers were still there, so they knew who I was. And um, did they, this is an unfair question maybe, but did they accept Teach for America teachers as like, oh, come in, or do they view you as, oh, here you are, you young whippersnapper, <laughs> and you think you know it all, and you're going to come solve the problems. Yeah. I mean, so how, how did a, they take it? It was an interesting dynamic because they knew me, and they knew that I was from a, the community. Um, I actually grew up right across the um, the the school, so from my house I could see, I would walk to work. Wow. And I would walk to school growing up because it was that close. Wow. Um, so we lived right across the street, so they knew who I was, but also 2011 was an inter interesting time for um, getting jobs in general, and HISD had some um, staff cuts. Right. And so they it, there was an interesting dynamic of, like, they knew who I was, they, they liked who I was, but also I was part of this program that brought in, you know, new right. teachers to change things. And so... There was a dynamic where it was like, oh, we like you, but also we don't know yeah. where you're from. <laughs> well, I think like anything else, when there's something new, people have great, uh, I don't know the word is fear, but worry or concern about what is it going to mean. And then with time, they realize you're an ally trying to accomplish the same thing they're trying to accomplish. And then you realize, you know, let's all work together. Because yeah. after all, it's about the kids. That's what it's about. Well, let me ask you this. Um, so... You taught, and how many years did you teach? I taught for four years, and then I was an administrator at an elementary school for two years. So does that mean you were, a, um, I don't know, I'm making this up, vice principal or something? Yeah. Is that what it means? Mm -hmm. And uh, what's it like being the vice principal? You must have been young. I mean, you're <laughs> young now. So when you were vice principal, you must have been young. Um, I was in my 20s for yeah, sure, that's yeah. That's young. Mm -hmm. And do the kids, do they just look so incredible because they're like this tall? You yes. know, the elementary kids. Elementary school kids love any adult that comes into the room, so it's always uh, very exciting to be around elementary school students. Um, but it was very challenging. One of my, my school that I was an admin at was a very large elementary school, almost a thousand students, and it was a very um, challenging school. We had a lot of students with um, behavior um, issues, so yeah. um, definitely we had runners, you know. Um, had to like run outside of the building yep. had to catch students, you know, definitely kids biting and, oh. and doing things like that. But um, it, it was a great experience and I love doing it. I mean, kids are amazing. I mean, you know, I have four kids and I've gone through the whole, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me, you touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. So that if parents out there, if you're going through that with your kids, just know it's normal. So we have two people on the line right now for you, Danny. Let me see that line. The, the Ginger. Ginger. Is there a Miss Ginger on the line? Yes, sir. I'm here. Miss Ginger, how are you? You got me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert with our HISD president, Danny Hernandez. What can I do for you? Uh, hi. Well, actually, I was calling in to be interviewed, too. I think we got uh, some lines mixed up. <laughs> well, talk to me. Um, what do you uh, got well, for I'm me? With the Houston Saint I'm at the St. Patrick's Parade here in Houston. Well, tell me uh, about St. Patrick's for Parade. When is that going to be? Well, it that's going to be this Saturday at noon. We start at Hope Houston. 
at Commerce and Franklin. And we go around downtown, a little zigzaggy, through to uh, where the reviewing stand is at Travis and Preston, which is the corner of Market Square, Market, Market Square Park. And then we go back to Post Houston for the after party and the award ceremony. Uh, the par- parade starts at noon. And uh, we're going to have a big party afterwards, of course, at Post. And we have vendors and food and drink and in the parking lot it's gonna be a lot of fun oh how wonderful now, i'm glad you called listen this is the people station you know what made me start this station danny was i was just um i started two years ago this this not station this show because i was tired of all the negativity in the media it's everything's negative 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 and uh, my goodness there's a lot of good in the world and there's a lot of people trying to do good in the world and so i started this show so i'm so glad ginger you took the opportunity to call in to talk about this because that's great so let's do it again so if you want to be in on it is it too late to be in a float or to walk in it or march in it absolutely not um wednesday is kind of the cutoff but if some reason you, you just can't make it till wednesday we can still do probably thursday because we have our vo- big volunteer meeting on wednesday and we'll have that at post houston as well if you also want to vo- or you want to volunteer instead of be in it um we need volunteers to help the parade get organized and walk with it down the down the street just to make sure everything's safe for everybody and um and it's a lot of fun to volunteer and you get to meet a lot of new people of course and we, we, we just have a good time um, at the parade. It's a very family-friendly parade, so there's usually never any problems. How not wonderful. a big buzz, booze-in parade. Yeah. It's family-friendly. And you can celebrate and We the, have a lot of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can celebrate the Irish heritage. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how many floats are we going to have? Usually we know? have um, usually between five and eight. Mm-hmm. Just kind of depends on what families join or can join this year. Um, we have a couple for the parade. Guinness will have one because they're one of our big sponsors this year, as as they were last year as well. Um, and they're they're a huge supporter of the parade, of course, being Guinness from Ireland. How wonderful! <laughs> and um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to give you the last word. If someone wants to get involved, what's your website or phone number or whatever the best way to get involved and reach you? Uh, the, um, to get involved, uh, the website is uh, hspc.org or give me a call, uh, 281-704-7435, and I can direct you anywhere you need to, you want to do. Ginger, thank you for calling in. I really appreciate that, and I hope you have a really successful parade. Thank you very much. You have a great day. You're welcome. All right, we have a Dominic on the line. Is there a Dominic on the line? I thought I saw a Dominic. Dominic. Are you there, Dominic? He's gone. Well, Dominic, call back. All right, let's go back to Danny. So I want to. So at what point did you say, you know what? I'm going to run for the school board. I mean, it's like, did, did you get a message from God, or I mean, or did your mom say, you know, Daniela, you need to run? I mean, I mean, really. I mean, that's like a big thing. And you were young, because you're young now. So how, how, what, what happened? So after I left uh, the education space. Okay, when was that about? So you were a teacher, administrator, and then you left when? In about 2016, I think. To do what? I became a real estate agent. So that's what I do now currently. Oh, wow, that's, yeah. a, pretty, that's a pretty big change. Yes, very big change. Well, do you miss all the kids? I do, but I still, now with this role that I have, I still get to go to school. That's, well, to that's schools, right. Yeah, that's right. And visit schools, visit classrooms, which is a good mix yeah. of the two things that I'm doing right now. So how did you decide, you know what, I'm going to run? So being in real estate, you know, networking and 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 trying to get clients for myself, um, right. starting up a new business, um, what uh, ended up happening is that I, have a lot, I still have a lot of connections with teachers and Teach for America, and Teach for America... Um, has a, um, I guess, a partnership, or I'm not exactly sure what the right word is, um, a branch out. um, A Teach Teach for America alum started an organization named LEE, Leadership for Educational Equity. And the basis of of LEE is that you take people who have been teachers and put them into um, some type of elected office because 
somebody needs to advocate for students and for public education. And if you haven't been a teacher and you've never been in yeah. that scenario, you don't know what it's like, it's very hard to advocate. So it encourages teachers to run for yeah. public office. Yeah. And they must have tapped you or, or motivated you and you said, I'm going to run. It took me a long time, yes, yeah. to say yes. And so there was an open seat. Um, the districts in HISD are um, specific to where you live. So there was an open seat in the area that I live. And um, they were like, hey, you should do this. And at first I was like, it, it's a very interesting role. I would like to do it maybe in the future when I'm 50, 60 and I'm retired and I have more time on my hands. And somehow I'm here today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, I think it's amazing because we need young, you know, I don't know if this sounds funny, but we need young blood. You know, sure. we need youth. We need, you know, when you see some of these people that have been in office 40, 50, 60 years, my God, what do they have in common with today's young people and today's issues? Yeah. Really? So, you know, I think it's great. Um, and so let's go back for a second. And so you decided to run for, count, I mean, for uh, the school board. How many, just educate our listeners before we get into where things are today. How many people are on the school board? And, and you know, like how big is a district? Does it overlap with a city council district or how does it all work? So it depends on the districts. There right. are nine uh, HISD districts. My district specifically very well overlaps with district i for city council it's almost it's a very similar map hisd actually just changed the uh, the maps uh, because of redistricting so mine is a little bit different now but it's very similar um but that's not the case for all the districts interesting in, in the city um but hisd has just under two hundred thousand students our population is going down there's a lot of students going out into the suburbs um and um it you know the pop, we're just with redistricting we just uh, uh approved the maps in december and we were trying to balance out the voting population redistricting for you on the nine members of the Correct. hisd board Correct. very very interesting so there are 200 do we have that caller back yet or do we have another caller we do have another call okay dominic are you there yes Gil, can you hear me i can dominic you have me gilbert garcia tip from gilbert talk inspiration and prayer with miss danny hernandez the President of the HISD School Board. What okay, you got, let me, get radio, let me get away from the radio so we don't have interference. Okay, uh, one couple of things. I like what you said, ma'am, about, about teachers being in government of schools. I think that is a very good thing to have. Next mayor of Metro needs, next mayor of Houston needs to put Metro on Metro Board. But getting back to this subject of service. with education i think we're missing as citizens we have to number one vote number two do duty duty and number three communicate with our government leaders our concerns are good bad and ugly and when i was in you know high school and so forth the first time i ever went to a to a meeting and spoke at a my three minutes at a public meeting was actually the first metro board meeting in 79. Holy and cow. On, so I've been speaking at metro. I've been speaking at city council, Harris County, HGAC. Uh, I haven't been to school board yet, but I'll probably <laughs> get there eventually. But I think so. How, and now with things like Teams and uh, Zoom, you know, we need to you know, show government in the classroom, say, in junior and senior years of high school. And maybe for an honors course, they have a student has to go to a government agency. They can choose which one, make their three-minute speech in public. And it's like what Captain Kirk says, uh, make a difference. With that, I'm going to send it back to you, Gil. Well, thank you very much. I think what you're saying is sometimes we need our young people to just develop life skills beyond you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, you know how you hear reading and writing, arithmetic. I forgot what song that is. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But no, I think there's some life skills that they just need to learn. Like who teaches a, a child, you know, public speaking to, or, or, or confidence or to, who teaches a child how to, I don't know, balance a checkbook. I yeah. mean, th th those are, is there, do they teach that in school? So there's a much stronger push right now for financial literacy Okay. So in schools. Um, is it the best that it can be at this point? No, but there is a much stronger push than there was before. And so there's uh, organizations I know like 
junior achievement that come into schools and try to uh, try to teach students about what financial literacy is so that they can go on to the rest of their yeah. lives and be able to balance a checkbook, you know, the, the new version of that. That's right. Yeah. Or how do they um, pay their taxes? I mean, what are taxes okay. due? How does a partnership work? How does a, a, a corporation work? I mean, just basic things. Um, but let's go back to something. So you... The, the school board, you then were elected when? I was elected November 5th of 2019. So you've been there a little while. So here you come, and the first thing that happens is COVID. Correct. And all of a sudden, you went from learning about it to like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? But hold that thought, because we have another caller. Is there a Jesse on the line? Yes, sir, Mr. Gilbert. And I want to thank you again. I'm watching you on uh, live in color on YouTube, oh, we're, which is a, a great medium to use it for people that are at home. But wait, wanna, wait uh, is my hairstyle okay? I wanted, <laughs> yes, sir. I, they, they were they had me in hair and makeup for a long time today, and I was making sure my hair was okay there, Jess. Uh, but no, Jess, for real, what do you got for Danny? You know, can you imagine she comes in, she's a young, bright-eyed teacher slash um, uh, administrator, and she says, you know, I want to do good. And uh, I don't even know if that's proper English, but I'm going to do good. And then she's like, uh, I think it's do good things. But anyways, and I think she says, you know what? I'm going to run for office. She runs for office. She wins. And bam, COVID comes. And the whole, everyone's in unknown territory. We're going to talk about COVID in a second. Jess, what do you got? Well, first of all, I want to thank Donnie for her and also for her you know, volunteering because the school board doesn't pay anything. So again, I want to thank you for leadership and time. And uh, with just one thing we were discussing and wanted her to talk about it because I think it was very important. Uh, I know she's trying to save money for the uh, children and uh, from our taxes, but I wanted to discuss with the uh, situation going the TEA, uh, why the school board and her decision not to sue uh, the, uh, the TEA and her decision to save money. Can she get elaborate on that? And I'll hang up. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for your call. And Danny, of course, um, you know, only answer if you can. Uh, there are certain things you might not be able to answer, and I think we in the public understand that. So uh, you have so, the free yeah. reign here. So right now, HISD is in a lawsuit with um, with TEA. Okay, so we're already in one. Yes, we've been in one since before I got on the board. Um, uh, there were some things that happened in 2018 with the previous board. Um, there's a very different board currently. Um, and uh, be, the board, before I got on the board, the board decided to, to sue TEA. Um, in January, the Texas Supreme Court came down with a decision that was not favorable towards HISD. And um, there was a stay on the TEA being able to take over HISD. And that has um, uh, disappeared, basically. So um, that's that's why you're hearing what you're hearing in the news about TEA taking over HISD. Um, and so there um, are very le there are little to no legal remedies left for HISD um, to fight legally. Um, obviously, we think that the community and uh, parents, guardians um, do have a lot of recourse. Um, but in terms of fighting legally, HISD has little recourse at this time. Very interesting. Well, let's talk about that. Let's get into this. So I'm going to get into territory that I don't know anything about, but <laughs> I can do that because it's my show. Um, I happened to be Googling uh, as I was preparing to visit with you, and I saw something in the Kinder Institute, and the Kinder Institute is phenomenal, right, at Rice they look at so many incredible issues, and not only is it Dr. Kleinberg and the, all the demographic data he does, I love the work that they put out. I mean, it's just incredible. Thank you to the Kinders for yeah, that. Yeah, they actually just came to our board meeting on Thursday. Did they really? And presented some information on equity, yes. Well, then I may be going to where you're going, because I happened to see an article, and it's called State Takeovers, and it also appeared in the Chronicle, in the editorial, and it says, State Takeovers of School Districts Do Not Work. But there is something else that might. And this is from a Miss Ruth Lopez Turley and an Aaron Baumgartner. And Miss Ruth Lopez Turley is a professor of sociology 
and the director of the Kinder Institute for Urban Research at Rice. And Ms. Erin Baumgartner is the director of the Houston Education Research Consortium at the Kinder Institute. At the end of the day, I don't know what any of that means, but I know one thing. This article is very, very revealing, and it's very, very interesting, because they did a lot of research, and apparently, when you look at the data, there's no evidence that says a state takeover of a school, public school, works, that it's a good thing. So I, I'm trying to separate, because remember, I'm a financial guy, so I'm data-driven, and so I want to separate the emotion from it all, and let's get out of all those because there's sort of racial elements, there's neighborhood elements, there's human elements, there's the children elements. But if you really separate all that, I know it's hard, and just look at the data. There's no evidence that suggests that that's a good move. Have you all talked about that on the school board and, and said to the TEA, where's the evidence that this is going to work if you take it over? I mean, wh tell me about that. Um, so... Yeah, I. Well, hold on, there. hold on. I know, I <laughs> okay. got you. That's okay. Oh wait, we have another. We have another uh, caller already. Stay with me because I have an even better comment from this research. Is there a Mark on the line? Yes. Good morning. How are you doing? You doing all right? Mark, I am doing all right, man. And I really appreciate you calling me. You got me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert with Miss Danny Hernandez, who really, in my view, deserves like I don't know, one of those. Um, Purple Hearts, one of those war wounds, um, because I can only imagine, or maybe I can't imagine, what's going on on that school board with the meetings and all the pressure and all the parents and all the worry and the unknown. So I thank you for your service. I really mean it. <coughs> Excuse me. What do you got there for us, Mark? I, I just want to say this here, and I'm glad she just, she just verified a lot of clerical information for the people. Remember that HISD has already been sued. He just said to the Court of Appeals or whatever, ruling to it, it wasn't in favor for hisd and i want y'all to remember this this is why it's very very important about voting and when you get these elected officials who appointed or who get elected into these these offices and judges shift and this is what we as i'm just gonna say african americans we are dealing with when it comes down to these decisions we know that judges get be persuaded in making decisions the way they want to and how do we know that because we got to go with faxes Remember, Tom DeLay had a trial what was going on down here. They found him guilty, but he went to the Court of Appeals and they overturned the decision of what he done. So what I'm saying is, is that we have to get out there. We got to get put the boots on. We got to get out there and we got to protest and we got a mayor that's got to get out there and, and lead this, 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 this protest. And we got to make sure we got a B. HISD have a B, y'all, an average B. That's what the average is, is a B. It's not failing. It's a B, one or two schools. So you're saying you want to just take over. Oh, this is the issue. This is what we need to be fighting for. And these judges are putting on these decisions and making these decisions. It is wrong. That's why Donald Trump wanted to elect all these federal judges. That's why these presidents want to put these United States Supreme Court justices. Because when our issues are heard, this is what we're getting out of it. It's not in a fable when it comes to us. Well, Y'all have a good No, one. no, Mark. Hey, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yes. Don't leave me yet. Can you stay on another minute or two with me and Danny? Yes, yes, I can. Please yes, do, no because, because first of all, I'm hugging you right now because, number one, I love your passion. I don't know if you have kids in the public school, but you sure sound like you do because you care. And you're yes. right. It all starts with you got to vote. You got to vote, vote, vote. But let me give you another uh, item here, Danny. And, Mark, stay with you, okay? Because I think you're yes. gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a rise out of you here. Because here's the, here's the whole thing. The evidence supports – or, excuse me, the evidence does not support – that taking over the school works. In fact, it says that almost five years need to pass before the school even recovers the school district to where it was when the state first took it over. So then here's the thing that these two incredible authors wrote. They said there is something that is proven to work. And you know what that is? I'm gonna read it here. There is substantial evidence that states can improve academic performance by increasing per-pupil spending. In other words, we're not spending enough on these kids. And it's, right. and it's about investing in these kids. And so it states here, in general, states that spend more per-pupil have better average academic performance. Hold on, Mark, because I'm going to give you another stat, and then I want you to roll. And then let's see what Danny's got to say. Because are you ready for this? Texas spent, the state of Texas, 
10,003 according to this document, $10,342 per pupil in the fiscal year 2020. Are you ready for this? That's 3,000 less than the national average. So so in other words, the national average is spending $13,300 per student and what's worse than that? In Houston HISD, we're even below the Texas per pupil spending. Texas spends $10,342. We spend $9,380. So if you have less money, well, my goodness, you're going to get a, a, a less result. Am I right, Mark, or what? What am I missing? Man, man, what you, am I missing? You, I'm going to tell you, you, what you just said is 1,000%. It seems like you just don't want to put the money and the resources in us. Why is that? So that's why we have to get out there and we got to get our boots on. We need to fight because, like you say, they always talk about Martin Luther King. He said, let's get down there, let's get our check, and let's get our business going for our people. We have to do that because, listen, look what you just said, the report. It's not working because they're not spending the money and the resources to help our people. That's the problem right there. So that's why it's very important that we got to get on the boots, y'all, and we, we do something about it. Because these judges are making decisions that doesn't make sense. And give what just said, the resources. Listen to what he said. They ain't giving it. So the judges, oh, disobeying? Oh, well, the reason why, because it's, they only spend nine, but everybody else gets, okay, well, don't worry about it. We just still going to take it from them. Why is that, y'all? You tell me why. That's discriminating to me. Let me tell it. That's what it is. Well, you know what, Mark? I'm, right, I, I'm ready to take the hill with you. Let's go. <laughs> I'm taking the hill right now. My, I mean, I, I'm ready to go take the hill with Mark. I'm, I mean it. Uh, Mark, uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to keep going. I hope you listen. But thank you for joining, my friend. And please yeah, call into the show again. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. He hit on something, though, Danny. And then I'm going to let you comment. I'm going to give you the yeah. floor. Which is, um, I'm going to keep reading from this because there's a direct correlation with those with the lowest scores happen to be and low-income students. Yeah. It's a direct correlation. And so I'm just going to read here another comment, it says, um, because they, there's a book called The Real Shame of the Nation. Rutgers University researchers calculated that it would cost to bring the average test scores of the poorest 20% of students in each state up to the current national average. So they're trying to say, how much would it cost to fix this? And what they had in there is they noticed that low-income students perform worse in states with larger spending cap, uh, spending gaps. In other words, um, states that aren't spending enough, that's the big spending gap, that's where low-income students perform the worst. States whose actual spending is furthest from the amount needed. But in states with no spending gap, so again, let's say that again. So if you have a state with a big spending gap with where the low-income students are not getting the same amount of money, uh, they're obviously doing worse. But in the states where there's no spending gap, that means the poor students perform at or above the national average. So in other words, where there's no spending gap, the low-income students are doing just the same, if not better, than the national average. All that means is you got to invest in the kids. And somehow I go the other way. The schools that need the most help, that's where we should make the biggest investment because when you, I mean, I'm an investment guy, so I'm not that smart. But at the end of the day, where you have something that needs more investment, you probably get a bigger, bit, uh, better return. And so if you invest in those kids and invest in those schools, the success that they'll have will move the needle substantially in the local economy. Danny, what am I missing? So I think I want to add to that. Please. Right? Adding more money to schools, especially the lowest performing schools, lowest income schools, is essential. But doing it in the right way, doing it in ways that are research proven. You can't just throw money at schools and think that their, um, their academic scores are going to improve. Right. You have to do it in research based ways and with research based curriculum um, so that the scores can actually improve, because there are some low income schools currently that have a lot of money, but it doesn't necessarily that, that money is not necessarily being used in the right ways. Mm. And so you don't see the difference. And so it's using research based um, uh, methods to use that money, that extra money for the students, right? And so that, that's the 
next level, yeah. right? The well, that's step. where people like us, citizens and taxpayers, have to rely on you and the other board members and the staff to make sure you're spending the money wisely. But I have confidence in you, right? I mean, that's why we elected you. Hold on. We have another caller. Don't go. Don't go. Is there a Linda here? Let's talk about this yeah. topic. Linda, what do you got for me? This is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert. <laughs> uh, boy, Mark was hot there, and I really love Mark because he's right, and he, and, he, and he told it like it was. What do you got, Linda? Well, what, certainly I want to say the same thing that I think she said Call her Nandy said our Teach for America teacher yes. and tell her that I have, she has heightened my opinion of Teach for America. Uh, she took me back to Olga Campos and Gallegos days, whose son was on the education committee, and we have been battling the takeover because we all had the vision that as parents, as teachers, it's not something that's just come up, that knew that they were trying to eliminate public education. Thank you, Nandi, for also saying you cannot just throw money at them. It doesn't work. There are many levels to education. First thing we have to understand is your vote is not going to cover that they brought in a test to suit your business community. It had nothing to do with are we educating the children? It is repudiated by eight states. I think it was the last time I checked, I tried to check this morning. Only two or three states picked up the star, okay? Next thing, you can close a district. The No Child Left Behind came in under Governor Bush, who said, for any of these 50 reasons, you can shut down a school district. Mayor Turner, I think she handled it. Mayor Turner at one point had an opportunity to take on the district, but believing that we were going to work together with state education agency, et cetera, it didn't happen. I remember when we did Sam Houston, when they closed down, we're going to have to close people. You may as well understand that. We have too many battles to fight, to battle over We We shut it down, let it open back up again. Okay. Well, Miss Linda, Linda, don't leave me, okay? Because uh, Miss mm-hmm. Danny wants to say something. Go ahead, there, Danny. Yeah. So, um, HISD hasn't heard anything officially from TEA. We've heard a lot of rumors, mm-hmm. like the rest of the community has, um, mm-hmm. but we don't have anything specific as to why TEA is taking over. So we don't know if it has to do with Wheatley or something else, because the law has changed. From when we, from when the lawsuit was originally filed in 2019, so the law has changed significantly, um, and so we don't know the reason why TA wants to take over. We haven't received yeah. anything, and so that's why we we don't know where where to go. We don't know if it's Wheatley or something else specifically, but HIST. Let me tell you something for as an old timer. They tell never us. knew the reason why before the law changed. They didn't know the reason why anything. TEA has always been a debunked thing that never handled education. It's always Mike Moran. They have always had the, someone head of TEA who doesn't know a squat about education. But anyway, thank you know, I, I, I hear you. And I hear that they don't know because it's been it's scandalized in yellow street journalism and here you have the news who wants to sell wants people to do minutes on uh on television to watch something else nobody knew anything but they but they kept on publicizing to wheatley's low test board we knew well why they why sam houston wasn't going to do well sam houston the predominantly hispanic high school years ago my goodness, but there was not just one reason to it. They took out the CAPE courses, the career and education, technical education course. You have a community. It's just like when we made attendance for uh, when it was largely an agrarian society. I, I love you, Danny. I love you. I love you. I'm glad that, you, that we have someone young that has the energy on the board. And Gilbert, yes, thank you. And I love Mark too, but it's not going to happen because you throw money at it. I understand. You know what? 
Miss Linda, I really appreciate you calling in. I hope you call in some more. You're you're so knowledgeable and thoughtful. Um, and I was in Casimir when they shut us down. You know who I am? I'm sorry to stop you on No, this. no, go, you go, go. Are, you know who are uh, the people the TEA sent over? Who? The, our, our director, a nurse. She didn't know what she didn't know. <laughs> she was a school nurse. Oh, my How goodness. How are you going to come in and straighten out a school on a school nurse? We are not, we, we are not, we think that one vote does it all. And, and you can't ask people at Wheatley High School, parents, they have, they have to work 10 to 12 hours. They have to come home, see that the children have dinner, see that the children get washed, dressed, et cetera, et cetera. Where is this time for you to go to all of these meetings and they'll meet you to death? You know what, Linda, I, I, uh, I so appreciate you. I guess my view is this. Uh, not mm -hmm. my view, but here's my, you know, Mr. Morath, is that the TEA? TEA, if anybody's no, out there in the yeah. universe of any of these radio stations that, that I'm on right now, and I happen to be on KWWJ, keep walking with Jesus, KYOK, the legendary KYOK, KCOH, the source, Aliento Radio, and Sangeet Radio. If anyone knows him, and I'm sure he's a good, fine gentleman, could you just call Danny and just tell her what is it that's going on? I mean, the old-fashioned, let's just communicate and just tell yeah. us what is going on and what do we need to do to stay independent. And if you're going to take over Wheatley High School, at least tell us so we can prepare the families and what will be the basis for taking it over and what will be the metrics for when you declare victory to turn it back over. I mean, just give the people some transparency and some comfort. I mean, Linda, doesn't that make sense? It would if Mike Morath, I suspect, I haven't had a chance to call Carol Mims Galloway from long years ago to ask her, was he the one that was that that divided your Dallas ISD. That's where he comes out of the school board from Dallas ISD. Uh, was he the one? But I I taught for better than uh, better than twenty years, close to thirty. I didn't teach in New York City, where I'm originally from. I worked in the business or show business. I walked in as a substitute teacher, and I'm sure, like Danny, I walked into school and. My day went in a minute, right. and I couldn't let it go. So I went, and, uh, uh, so th that's what I loved about, that's what I love about teaching. But there is a business to it. And uh, though I came from New York City where there's no football games, no parades, no homecoming queen, none of that, no pageants or anything, there's a business to it. And that's the only thing. And Texas has to straighten that out. Would, would somebody call him? I, I think he was part of the division. You have to ask, uh, uh, not James Dixon, because he wasn't working with him, but Carol Mims would be a good person. I think Elga Campos and Gallegos, uh, and, and of course her son, are all, they're all dead. Right. So you got to, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Trevino would know. Is he? I hope he's not dead. You, you, you have a lot of people that have gone the way of flesh. Mm -hmm. But he, I think that that he certainly should have been. And when this law is rewritten, how are we going to get it done with this Republican uh, Congress that we have in the state? Because certainly something has. Because this is not just to black and Hispanic schools. It's going to hit all of them. You will put your child in private school and the school will be 20000 and you will have to pay and you'll get a $10,000 voucher. Where are you coming up with other things? That's exactly right. Well, you know what, Miss Linda? I thank you for calling in and please call in I again. Yes. I thank you. I, don't, I love your show. I just love it. Thank you so much for calling. You made my day. I'm, I'm hugging you in cyberspace. Uh, yes, indeed, and I love you. You, you helped my, my girlfriend with the GLO. Thank you so much. Amen. Okay. All right. Thank okay, you. Bye -bye. So we, we've got another caller here. I think we struck a nerve with people. Um, do, is there a Bobby on the line? Bobby, are you there? Bobby. Can you hear me, Bobby? Yeah, I hear Gilbert. Speak to and me, Danny. Bobby. You got me, and Gilbert and Garcia. And uh, Gilbert, yes. Gilbert, I'm trying, I, I just need to say that uh, 
really, education, educating kids is, is not rocket science. We don't have to tell, give it, we don't have to do no research. We don't have to go down to the Mediterranean, to the Bahamas, or to China on a trip to, 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 uh, to decide. Ah, uh, to teach kids how to say A B C D E F G. There you go. That's you know, exactly that, right. It's not all this. It's not all the A B C. And uh, and, and then to give it, being uh, my, seven years ago, that was the first time I uh, had anything to do with education. But we'll give it. Teacher then, the teacher want to be a teacher. A teacher didn't want to be the president of the United States. I'm I'm gonna be a president, uh, a teacher today. But really, I want to be a better friend. And then I want to be the president, and then I want to be a, a, a astronaut. Teacher want to uh, teach. You see, you say, I, I want to teach. Give it. Hey, give it. Put your head down. Keep your head down. Don't look out the window if you can. When I call you, stand up. Come on, man. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. Give it. Well, you know what? Amen to you. I think you're right. I think you're wise. And the thing about the teachers is you need teachers who love to teach. And I think that's what drives most teachers because heavens knows they're not getting paid what they deserve. They're always probably have more kids than they should have in the classroom. And they're having to probably fork out money of themselves for different supplies. And so they do it. It's a labor of love. Am I for right? Sure. For it's, sure. It's got to be. Uh, well, Bobby, I'm going to give you the last word. What do you want to say to Houston? You're talking to all of Houston right now. What do you want to say? Oh, rats. Did I lose Bobby? Okay. I may have lost Bobby. What's our next caller there? I know we have a couple of other calls for Danny. I want to get them in before I give Danny some of the last word. Um, we have a Jason on the line. Jason, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you, pal. This is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer with Miss Danny Hernandez of HISD School Board President. What do you got? Yeah, I just kind of want to talk about the audacity of the people up in Austin, how they want to come down here now and take over HISD. Where were they about four or five years ago when there were about 100 schools that were about Ds and Fs? And now they give, in the, they give an ultimatum, and we're able to turn it around where we have about 94% of schools in HISD with an A, B, or C rating or above. And after everything that's happened from 2019, 2020 with the COVID pandemic, that shows not only how well the teachers have been able to take this challenge, but also the students. And we're right at the goal line, and they want to come in and completely change this. Like, we're about to score, then they want to punt. What can we do as citizens and also as members of, you know, the city of Houston and HISD to prevent this from happening and let us see this through since we put the hard work in we don't want them to come in and take over well you know I'm going to let Danny answer but you just gave me an aha moment you know what aha moment means kind of like what I didn't think of that you know Jason you're right how can you be judging right now in the last two or three years when everything was upside down with COVID I mean thank goodness we just got through it and these kids were able to get through and get an education because Everything was is, was different and pandemonium. Uh, and I give the whole HISD, all the administrators, everybody, incredible kudos for not having in extraordinary disruptions beyond what we had in the lives of these young people. So you're right, Jason. I mean, it's like if there's a beef, number one, be transparent. Tell us the beef. And number two, give us time to cure it. Um, and you can't look back because COVID changed the trajectory of, of improvement. So let me give it to you, Danny, as school board president. What are, what are your thoughts to that? I mean, it's like, where were they then and, and why now? Yeah, so first of all, like you said, Gilbert, you know, teachers and admin, everybody working in schools has done an incredible right? job. We just received uh, uh, the taper report um, last Thursday, and our students went up um, e about 11, I can't remember if it was 11 or 14 percentage points from the previous year on, on the STARS uh, test, which is not, you know, there's some controversy behind STAR, but there's a bit, that was a big improvement. Well, and it's, and double it's, digit. And right now it's all we have to go by, and exactly. at least it's, if you're consistent with whatever you're measuring, then there's consistent good things to look at. And it's better than going the other way. For sure. So, for yeah, sure. keep going, keep going. So double digit uh, increases, you know, for math and reading, um, from what I can remember, uh, 10 to 14 percentage points um, for students in HISD. And, um, you know, we see that, that they're, you know, teachers 
have and staff has been doing so much during the COVID pandemic. I think that parents should, should reach out to um, and and voice their concerns definitely um, because well, we need to we need to make sure that uh, parents and guardians the community is heard. So what can going back to Jason's question? It seems to me that um, number one, where we are now, it's just sort of you know I don't know who's really in control of this um, of this whole. I don't want to say drama because I don't want to like belittle it, but I don't know who's in control of all this. But at the end of the day, it seems to me um, if TEA is going to do something, they should explain why. The people have a right to know and deserve to know. Uh, and then again, what are the parameters of coming in? What are the parameters of when do you call success? And it seems to me, uh, Jason, if people – would, I, I wish I had Mr. Morass' um, email or phone number right now. Uh, I'm going to get it for next show. Call him. Every, let's just call him. Everybody call him. And just and we're not being mean or nasty to him. Let's just say, can you just give us some more information and a little more transparency of what's going on? I mean, you're the president, and you're not sure. Um, and so it seems to me, Jason, we've got to get engaged, get involved. And it isn't something to – talk to HISD board about it really is something to go to the state and say explain where we are and our legislators right and our so, legislators so there was a bill that was passed and so we need to see who you know make sure that we know who who voted for, uh, for that bill and what can be done about it at this point as well um, because there's been the bill from two legis two sessions ago and then the bill from last session to see you know who voted for it, and talk to those legislators and see what they were thinking at the time, and uh, if their thoughts have changed at all. It's got to be better, right? I mean, it's got to be better uh, because if we're a B school district, we're a B school district. My goodness! Um, and back, to, you know, Jason, I appreciate you calling me. I, I just really mean it. We got another caller already, though, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to roll you out. Um, is there a Theodore? Is it Theodore? Theodore, are you there? One. Theodore. Is yes, sir. Theodore, are you there? Yes, sir. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert Talk Inspiration and Prayer, with Ms. Danny Hernandez, president of the school board at HISD. We're talking a little bit about what is going on. Uh, and so what do you got for us, Theodore? I'm going to tell you, uh, they putting our, uh, the real health uh, care into a global uh, uh, figure. The new world order. The new world order. The new world order is coming, and 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 those type of step. It's a it's a twelve step plan to the new world order. The next move is uh, a COSAR for uh, the global job market. That's how they step in the new world order into play. Did you hear a boy said nineteen eighty eight? The new world order is coming, whether you like it or not. I, I'm not familiar, but I sure hope the New World Order will throw more money at our school district. That's for doggone sure. Uh, but, Theodore, tell me a little bit more about the New World Order. What do you see? Well, I see that it's, it's taking shape. Is it going to be good or bad? That's what I want to know. It's gonna be, well, listen to me. It's going to be a thousand times worse than coming this. Oh, my goodness. Well, Theodore, yeah. I'm with you to stop it. We don't need none of that. We need to keep everything, you know, I just think the country is going along great. Can we be better? Of course we can. But there's so many good things out there, uh, and we got to always strive to improve. So I'm with you, Theodore. I'm going to give you the last word. What do you want to say to Houston? I want to get one more caller in. I don't want to say nothing to Houston, but I want to speak on Ukraine. Go ahead. Ukraine was doing great until uh, Putin invaded it. You have a nice day. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate Theodore. That touches my heart because one of my colleagues at my firm is from Ukraine. And, uh, you know, there's oftentimes she's here and, and very emotional as she's talking to her parents who are in Kiev. And, um, you know, here they were just living their lives. And all of a sudden, bam, their cities are blown up and, and people are killed and dead. And it's terrible. Uh, Morgan, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I, I can. You got me a tip from Gilbert Talk Inspiration and Prayer with Ms. Danny Hernandez of HISD School Board. President, what do you got for us? Well, I just wanted to say really quickly, I, I learned a, a ton from today's talk, and I am so appreciative of Danny's time, and I, I found today's conversation extremely interesting. And 
learned about something I didn't really know about. So thank you both. Well, we appreciate you, Miss Morgan, and thank you for that. And make sure you vote, Morgan. You know, Absolutely. going back to one of our earlier callers when he talked about you got to vote. You know, you, what's going on? Judges matter. All these things matter. And he's right. So, Morgan, thank you for calling, and, and please call in again. I want to give another uh, a stat here to our listeners, Danny. So going back to this study that I have been quoting from, it said here, Texas spent $10,342 per pupil, 3000 less than the national average. So the national average is 13342 or more. And HISD, meaning Houston HISD, uh, was even lower at $9,380. Essentially almost 1000 that's like 10% less. But here's what I found fascinating. According to this Rutgers study, again, I'm going to read, Texas is among the states with the largest spending gaps. To bring Texas poorest school, uh, excuse me, to bring Texas poorest students' performance up to the national average, the researchers calculated that we would need to spend $12,682 each year on every Texas student. It looks like it says we need to spend $12,682 more on every Texas student. I think the long and short of it is we are shortchanging our youth somehow. And what a terrible thing. And when you go in the future and you say, when kids say, how come these other countries and their, their young kids are learning you know, calculus and, you know, middle school, and they're doing all these incredible things. And they say, and where were you when all this was going on to invest in us? We want to be able to say, I was there and I fought for, you know, more money for the students. Um, and again, we've got to do something because here's the thing of the 200,000 students, what percent are Hispanic? It's about 62 percent Hispanic. 62. And what percent are African American? I believe it's like 22. Let's say 22. So you're talking about a school district of 200,000 youth, and it's about 84, 85 percent Black and Hispanic. You know what? If we're not spending money on them, that where they go, those young people is where Houston will go. For sure. I mean, it's, it's it's just without a doubt because that is our future workforce. Those are our future leaders. And if we're not preparing them, uh, Houston is going to have a very difficult future. Yeah, and we need to make sure that we're spending money on early childhood education. We know by lots of research that if students are falling behind by third grade, that means like they're nine years old, that's, that closing that gap is so hard after third grade. Tell me more about that. So when you say... I can't even say that phrase. Early so, childhood. Early childhood, yeah, yeah. So that, that means like what, pre-K or pre -K, what are you saying? kinder, yeah, pre-K, <clears throat> kinder, making sure that there's not only enough seats available, pre-K is not uh, free for in Texas. It's so not. Pre-K is not free in, in Texas. So um, HISD does pay for those students who are uh, in pre-K. Um, but one, making sure that pre-K is free and available to all students in Texas is a, a something that needs to happen, I think, and that um, making sure that they're quality seeds, right? Not just child care. Right, Pre-K is not child care. Pre-K is learning and having, you know, the social skills that, that are going to make those students uh, be able to learn and, and have that uh, skill to, to, you know, graduate on time and right. college ready, well, career ready. I can tell you as a parent, because I have four children and I have done my tour of duty, as they say, um, you can see with little kids when they're, you know, three, four, five years old, their brains just absorb everything. I mean, all you got to do is look at these kids today that if they pick up an instrument and they're, you know, interested, they, they can play the piano, they can play, the, you can see them on these incredible, complex, frankly, video games, and they're they're in there, they do these, they can know how to work their remote control, the, I don't even know how to work their, my remote control <laughs> at, on my TV. No, these kids are amazing. If you really let their mind just open, and you get them early, oh my God, are you ready for this? Sure. The hour's <laughs> over. That was very fast. Can you believe it? <laughs> I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, because, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very fun discussion. I'm going to have to have you back, and we'll do like a part two, like, where are we sure, now? Yeah. Where are we now when you get more information? You're talking to Houston. I want you to look in that camera there. Tell us 
you know, give us some hope and inspiration that we're going to get through this. And no matter what happens, you're going to be there for us and you're going to make sure we get the best out of whatever these events are for our kids. Yeah, so um, we need to make sure that we are providing the education, the academics for our students at every level of education. And we will, you know, be making sure that there's a democratically elected board as much as we can in HISD. And thank you for having me, Gilbert. This is wonderful. I, You know what? I bet you your mom, and of course I, I met your mom, I know your mom, she's probably so proud <laughs> of all of her daughters, especially, well, not especially, because there's no such thing as a favorite. <laughs> Although, in, you know, in my house, I can't say it, but I think my wife has a favorite, but I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> she must be so proud of you. For sure. You I know, mean, I tell my uh, people, you know, my, when I told people that I was running, my parents that I was running, they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have signs with my name on them outside. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're probably, I'm Mijita. What are you doing? Uh, well, Houston, you have us here. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia saying, we'll see you next time. All right. Social media. Uh, Danny, if you would just now look entirely at that camera, I'll look entirely at this camera. Uh, I want to say to now everyone who's still on all the social media, the Facebooks and all those things. I can't even say Facebook anymore, I don't think, um, because, you know, I'll be put in Facebook purgatory. Uh, But at the end of the day, or whatever they call it, um, you know, all the social media outlets – Miss Danny Ananas, you can cut the music there, Mr. Producer. It's going to give us another four or five minutes because I really think, first and foremost, we should all salute her and all the members because it's a lot of work. And it's an extraordinary responsibility to be in charge of, number one, taxpayer dollars. There's no greater, I think, fiduciary duty than when you are in charge of a steward of taxpayers' resources. And second, uh, I can't think of anything that's closer to doing you know, the Lord's work than doing something on allocating resources to help our, our young kids and to help them with education so they can be productive and they can be uh, good mothers and fathers in their lives down the road. Uh, and so it's pretty amazing. And to be in a situation where you're really in many ways not in control of your own destiny and your own decisions for this organization that the voters selected you to represent. I mean, you're not in control of that. Uh, it's somehow the courts and the state, et cetera, et cetera. But you've handled it with great dignity and grace, uh, if I may say to you, Danny, because you're not mad, you're not mean, you're not, you didn't, you could have gone here and said all kinds of things like those dirty blankety blank. But no, I mean, you've been very rational. Um, and I think you're sticking to the facts, which are, you know, the school district is not failing. We need more resources. With more resources, it, the facts are proven that the kids will do better. The facts do not support that it's better off for these students to be taken over by the state. It does not support that. Um, and so I want to give you the last word about anything you want to say. And thank you for sharing your life story. Because your life story is a great one, but more importantly, hopefully it will inspire some young uh, uh, young lady of color, whether it's a Latina or African-American or anything else, to inspire them that they can be something great and that they should run for office. They, they have the ability to do it, um, and they're no different than others, and so why not? Uh, so, Danny, I'm going to give you the last word. Look right in that camera. I want you to tell Houston what you're thinking uh, and um, we're going to sign off there. I'm going to give you the last word. So um, I do think that there's a big misconception out there also about the TEA takeover um, of H- the possible takeover, and that is that um, as an elected board, we would still hold our seats, um, which is an interesting um, dynamic. So we would still be trustees. We would still be uh, going out to the community. We just wouldn't have the voting power Um, that we do right now. So there's an interesting um, nuance there that I think a lot of people um, are uninformed about. Um, But for everyone thinking about running uh, for a political office, I say go out there and do it. Um, I had very little experience. I did not think that I was going to um, run for office um, really ever. I hadn't thought about it. 
Um, but there's a lot of resources out there, um, especially for minority, minority women to um, help you learn the process, uh, figure out what you actually need to do. So just take the risk. Um, if you don't take the risk, then you're going to regret it later on in your life. And the worst, thing, the worst thing that can happen is that you don't win, but now you have name recognition. Now you have a larger network of people that you know and that support you and that can help you, you know, further along in the rest of your life. So take the risk and just do it. Take the risk. And wasn't that like a Nike? Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Uh, and again, I, I love the idea of... You know, you'll have standing uh, and your voice will be heard to speak out for good things. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to sign off now. And I want to say thank you very much to our stations. Again, KWWJ, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. That's Keep Walking with Jesus. KYOK, the legendary KYOK on 1140 AM. KCOH, the source, 1230 AM. Aliento Radio, 1540 AM, 101.7 FM. Sangeet Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. And we're, of course, are streaming on all those things. And, boy, all you got to do is turn on that radio and you'll find us somewhere. So let me just say to Houston, uh, we thank you. God bless Houston. And God bless Danny for sticking with it and to help us through this difficult time. So we will see you next time on a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, Gilbert and prayer. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ, 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK, 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH, 1230 a.m., The Source. On San Geek Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio, 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.